Joining me this morning via phone, United States Senator Ron Johnson. Good morning, Senator Johnson. How are you? Morning, Meg. Doing well. Hope you are too. Yes, indeed. So uh, let's just get right to it because we don't have a ton of time this morning, and I always like to give you an opportunity to share as much as possible in our time together. I know just uh, over the last, well, it would have been Monday, Monday night, you participated in a Spaces conversation on X, and I know that uh, we talked briefly off air. Elon Musk participated in it, which is really cool, and uh, I mean, the, the topic obviously was Ukraine funding, and as I've said often, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated with the, the amount of money that taxpayer money that we're flushing, uh, in my opinion, flushing down the toilet. Maybe you can shed some light on that. Well, I think there's a number of things that are very interesting that have happened over the last week or so. Um, I think a, a big news story really was the Tucker interview with Vladimir Putin. I was just watching earlier this morning that he was interviewed in some form, looks like in, in Europe, where he's kind of explaining what his evaluation of that was. Uh, the fact that the United States Senate um, and Republicans in the Senate, led by McConnell, uh, we're demanding to secure our border before we spend a dime securing other countries' borders, that that collapsed in a matter of moments. Um, when McConnell's bill that he negotiated, uh, he's the guy that basically wrote it, uh, when that was made public, the bill imploded on itself. It was so awful. To the point where he voted against it and recommended the conference vote against it. But then he turned immediately to his priority, which is Ukraine. And we had the debate very, very quickly. Over, we, we drew the debate out so that we could actually have a debate where we could make floor speeches. I, I gave my, my hour-long floor speech uh, at 1.40 in the morning. Uh, and I guess that was Tuesday morning. But we're, we're trying to lay out the case. Uh, and... To get to your question, uh, I participated in a, an X Spaces, I think that's how you, you say that, mm -hmm. with uh, David Sachs, who helped Elon Musk, I think, start PayPal. By the way, if you if you haven't or if your readers haven't read the book by Walter Isaacson on Elon Musk, I'd highly recommend it. It is fascinating. Um, but anyway, so participating in that with uh, J.D. Vance, who's uh, – um, been a, a real leader in, in opposing funding for Ukraine. Uh, Mike Lee, who really is a, a leader trying to <laughs> uh, delay the votes so we could have the debate, and, and myself with Elon Musk. And, you know, the, the point I made um, in, in my floor speech, but also on that X basis, is that uh, you need to recognize the reality situation. And as much as you uh, have sympathy for the Ukrainian people, and as much as you think uh, Vladimir Putin's an evil war criminal, and I, I agree with both those statements, you have to recognize the reality that, he, that uh, Vladimir Putin will not lose this war. Russia has four times the population. They have a, a very large military-industrial base, just plus an industrial base compared to Ukraine. They're producing 4.5 million of the 155 millimeter shells, which is being used in this bloody stalemate. The West, I don't even think we're up to a million a year production of that. So, I mean, you can keep throwing money, fueling the 
flames of a bloody stalemate, uh, hoping and praying that Ukraine can eventually win. But uh, Vladimir Putin will not lose. He's got nuclear weapons. You can add that into the conversation as well. So uh, the fact of the matter is, the only way this war ends, and it has to end sooner the better, uh, is going to be a negotiated settlement. And every day that goes by where the war goes on, more Ukrainians die, more Russian conscripts die. And more of Ukraine gets destroyed. And that's kind of what I laid out in that, that uh, X Spaces event. And uh, Elon came up on after that and pretty well has the same viewpoint as well. So, again, it's, I, I think this is information is getting out. I think more Americans, I think uh, he, uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin was viewed by over 200 million people. So people can see that Vladimir Putin, yeah, evil war criminal, but highly intelligent very knowledgeable, certainly has perspective that we ought to be aware of uh, as we're deciding to spend another $60 billion of money we don't have to fuel a bloody stalemate. Uh, I think we need to understand the fact that uh, they were pretty close to negotiating settlement in Istanbul until Boris Johnson airmailed himself into it and kind of blew up that agreement. That's certainly the way a number of people describe that event. So, you know, we, we, we get a highly slanted, this doesn't surprise you, a highly biased account uh, in all of our news. And it doesn't surprise us, that it shouldn't surprise anybody, that uh, the, the news we get will leave out an awful lot of accurate information that just might change a few people's minds in terms of should we continue to go down this path that is actually quite dangerous. I mean, we're, we're playing with fire as we're, we're fighting a proxy war with the lives of Ukrainians and Russian conscripts in our proxy war against Russia, trying to degrade their military capability when they have nuclear weapons. I mean, people need to understand this. This is a dangerous game that uh, uh, is being played right now. So I got to ask you this. What do you make of Putin's claim that former uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson actually, I don't know, scuttled the, a peace deal uh, between Russia and Ukraine? It's hard to know exactly what the truth is there. I think there's probably a fair amount of truth in that. Um, that was certainly the his perspective. Other people have somewhat confirmed that. Um, again, uh, I think our policy ought to be directed towards some kind of negotiated settlement as, as much as we're going to hate it. Uh, yeah, w one of the things I've pointed out in that Spaces event was that uh, I'm the only member of Congress who was at Zelensky's inauguration. I went back a few months later with uh, Senator Chris Murphy. Uh, he, at the time, was ranking member of the European Subcommittee. I was chairman. And uh, for sure, Zelensky, one of his primary goal, uh, points that he made to us is he wanted to do a peace deal with Putin at that point in time. This is when Putin had already illegally annexed Crimea, is in firm control of eastern Ukraine, Zelensky knew he couldn't dislodge Putin from, from those areas of Ukraine. Uh, those areas of Ukraine also are, are populated very highly with Russian-speaking and Russian-connected people. Uh, they can make an argument that they would rather be part of, the, so, part of Russia as opposed to Ukraine. I mean, it's, you know, everything's not coming up roses all in Ukraine. Uh, you have to understand, I think that's uh, an interesting part of the Tucker interview, is Vladimir Putin spent about 30 minutes laying out the history, the long history of uh, of Russia. And it, it, it resonated, it, I thought I found it very interesting because I spent a lot of time, very long dinners with the Serbian president, uh, Vucic. 
And this, it's the same process. They, they go through uh, the long, you know, the millennial history of their countries. They, they, they know it well. Um, you know, America, we're just not used to that. Our, our, our history dates back of, you know, not even 300 years yet. The, the history of these countries date back, you know, a, a thousand years and more. Um, and, and we ignore that perspective at our own peril. And, but we do ignore it all the time at our peril. Well, it's an interesting point because I would say, too, um, despite the, I don't know, long and rich history of, of Russia or the USSR, Americans don't love and appreciate our history either. I mean, particularly those on the left. I mean, they'd, they'd rather rewrite history or they'd rather not learn from history or they don't acknowledge history. But it, it's, I, I think the it was very telling and very predictable how the mainstream media and the Democrats would react to the fact that someone had the, I don't know, intellectual courage to go to Russia and interview Putin. I think that was probably for the Democrats. That was their worst nightmare because, again, I don't understand. And maybe you can answer this for me. Probably not. You know, not in the time we have left. But what is it about Ukraine that continues to make Democrats so pro-war? It, it is kind of a strange turning the tables, isn't it? I thought yeah. the left is always the anti-war, right. and the right was the pro-war. Well, I guess that's. The, the tables have turned on that now. Um, again, of, of all the perspectives, I think people need to understand about Russia. And this actually was a quote that I think I mentioned on X Spaces from one of Zelensky's inner circle. Uh, actually, the defense minister said that the one thing he was wrong about, he, he you know, miscalculated the extent that the Russians uh, would be willing to uh, suffer such high casualties. Uh, and still remain in the war. I mean, how can you miscalculate that? I mean, the, the Russians lost 1.1 million lives uh, defending Stalingrad against the Nazis. They, they held off uh, Napoleon. Uh, again, this is where it gets back that uh, that 30 minute history lesson. I mean, they love their motherland. That they refer to Russia as their motherland. I mean, this <laughs> that is in the that is in Russian souls. So, you, again, you, you ignore these realities at, at your own peril. And going back to Eisenhower's farewell address where he warned uh, the world, you know, don't, don't allow global society to descend into a, a terrible uh, state of dreadful fear and hate. That, that's what's driving all of this, uh, whether it's fear of climate change, the pandemic, uh, or, you know, boogeymen all over, all over the world. Listen, there, there's plenty of evil, and I, I'm, I'm not apologizing for sponsors of state terror and stuff, but we need to be very careful about our leaders pushing fear, uh, creating boogeymen, getting us into wars. One of the things I've been talking about is we need to really analyze what our foreign interventions have resulted in. I mean, did we achieve our goals? Have it weakened America? You know, we're spending 880-some billion dollars a year in defense. China spends about 300 billion. The next 13 nations spend less than 700 billion. Are we getting the bang for the buck? Is, is this resulting in peace and security around the world? I mean, the world's in flames right now. You know, again, Einstein, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. It's time to reanalyze 
our approach to the world and start rethinking things, think these things, open up our minds like Tucker Carlson has, at least understand the other side's perspective, be willing to talk to them and understand where they're coming from. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I truly, sincerely appreciate all your efforts on behalf of citizens of Wisconsin and beyond. Obviously, there are people all over the country that are grateful for your leadership. So keep it up. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. We'll be right back on the WSAU Wisconsin Morning News. The News Station, AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU.